Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and joining me today is Dina Adams, who is a mom of five adults, a wife of over 20 plus years, and a life, faith, and business breakthrough coach for entrepreneurs who are driven, multi-passionate, ready to take action, and discover the next steps needed to keep moving forward. She's worked in network marketing, corporate America, and multiple industries, including customer service, business administration, accounting, and cosmetology, and she's been a stay-at-home mom. Dina's passionate about working with her clients to help them reduce stress and overwhelm, gain clarity, and improve their confidence in their life, faith, and or business. Dina has several different ways she can support you in taking your business based on your needs without breaking your bank, breaking the bank. What I love about this and how we've connected, and thank you so much for being here, is that it doesn't talk about what I find so powerful about you and your story. So um, why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about you? Well, thank you so much for having me. It is definitely an honor um, for you to invite me into your space and share me with your audience. Um, So I'm Dina Adams. I live in Northern Colorado and I am a life, faith, and business breakthrough coach. My focus is to positively empower other online entrepreneurs to stop being a statistic. That means that you're not the one at year three going, everything's done. I wasn't prepared for everything. I can't do this anymore. My business is stagnant. Um, I really want to empower people to grow their business. In order to do that, you have to have a solid foundation in your life, faith, and business. So you have something solid to grow on. Once people get to that growth stage, things crumble. They're trying to get there too fast. They don't know what they need to have to get there. I've connected with so many high-level entrepreneurs over the years, and everything I do is what people need to have prepared so they can work with those higher level coaches, but they'll jump in and work with the influencers and spend all this money and they will break the bank. They will just go all in on the people and the programs and the tools that they're not ready for yet because they want to play at that caliber yet their, their foundation, right? They're trying to build the whole house before they actually build that foundation and have everything in place to know where they're going. So I'm super passionate about helping them with their, their foundation. One of the things I love that you do is similar to what I do with my clients is that you do it on demand. That's Mm. not in there. Uh, We talked about that. Like my clients kind of call me an on-call psychologist. They know that they can reach out anytime. Literally Mm -hmm. last night I was talking to someone. It was 10 o'clock for me. It was midnight for her. But people can't sleep. Like people who I work with are struggling. You know, we're dealing yeah. with deep stuff. Um, and and in business, for me, I'm one like tech. I run into things that for me are super overwhelming. And so I'm one of the people who would come to you. And you do that on demand, on call, at like people can come to you at any point with a crisis. 
Yes. Um, I have on-demand coaching. Um, so for my clients that are inside my membership, um, I have an accountability level and I have a coaching level. And those that are inside that coaching level, that tells me they're ready for, they're ready to be coached. They're ready to hear someone else. They're ready to say, um, I'm ready to invest a little and learn about this whole coaching world and understand myself. And inside that membership level, they get on-demand coaching. It's not something that I have out there for everybody, but it is something that, you know, you show me when you're ready and I will welcome you into that on-demand coaching. You can just jump on, add yourself to my calendar and we'll go. Because isn't that what we need? It's kind of like calling life. a friend, right? Oh my gosh, I'm in crisis. I need a friend. But in business, who do you really have? Right? We met in a community that is so amazing. Uh, it's called Her Nation. I've had yeah. people on, but we, you know, it's full of different groups. I'm a big fan of groups and the power of, I always, you know, two heads are better than one. Yeah. Three heads are better than two. Um, so we have this, it's, it's more than networking, breaking yeah. into groups and having conversations. And so we were talking and sharing and you, you were talking about you, things that are not in this bio. I, I named this episode. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I couldn't figure that out. I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so you... Amy, who's going to be on in a couple weeks, um, Amy mm -hmm. and I both said to you, we are really both struck by this same thing that you talked about that you don't find important that we really think is a big deal. Oh, right. okay. You're, you're okay. See, I obviously don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's something that is important. Um, I live with an autoimmune disorder and a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. And yeah. you are a mom of five, five grown adults. You've been married for over 20 years. You run a business. You coach all these people mm -hmm. successfully. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about this kind of nonchalantly. <laughs> and we were like, um, Dina, this is a pretty big deal. And other people out there probably need to know because there are other people dealing with it and they need yeah. to know that they can still do these things and they can be successful and they can have good days and bad days. Yeah. And so we were having that. I was like, we need to have this conversation. And I'm so glad you brought it up. Right. I think you don't I, recognize how important it is mm -hmm. and how many other people deal with it. Hmm. I think for me, because my focus is how do I be my best for my faith, my family, and my audience, right? Those that I'm serving, how do I show up for them as my best self? And I recognize that on my worst day, my best self is my the best I'm going to get today. And so I also have severe food allergies. And so yesterday I had a drink and it was a, just a all natural fruit drink. I've drank it before, but yesterday I was really thirsty and I drank like half of it and instant anaphylaxis. 
right? Like, okay, do I go to the hospital? I don't have an EpiPen <laughs> anymore. And I'm just going to take a couple allergy pills and drink lots of water because that's usually what I do anyway because I have a phobia of needles. Even when I had an EpiPen, it never got used <laughs> out of my fear. I just, you know, my daughter's so gracious. She's like, mom, I'll do it for you if you need me to. <laughs> but it's it, it was, okay, this was, oh, it was the day before yesterday, actually. It was Saturday that I had the allergic reaction. And so I just had to stop everything, take care of myself. And instantly the fibro, the fibromyalgia pain kicked in. My body started attacking itself. It's like, oh my God, something's wrong. Like we have to save you. And I'm like, no. And it's, it's the pain that comes. It's all the things that I go through and I just have to take care of myself and I have to let someone take care of me. And that's hard for me to do when I know the other person having to help me is worse off than I am in the current situation. And so for me, it was, okay, here's what I had planned. All that can go, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what work stuff I was going to do this weekend because I spent so much time with my family during the week, right? I, I want that harmony. Monday through Friday, eight to five is not my goal for my business, right? It's, I have my faith, I have my family, and then I work my business into that space. And a lot of times when you have other things that other people schedule on their calendar, you start to feel like you don't have that control. Yet you can always say, not this week. With the pain, the fogginess, the you know, whatever you're going through, it's okay to say not today. It's okay. And I'm one that doesn't hardly, I am not a rescheduler. And the past three months, God has been forcing me to reschedule things and I absolutely hate it. And I don't mind when people reschedule on me if they give me notice. I don't care for when they just don't show up, but I don't mind when people reschedule on me. But I have a hard time doing that for others because I feel like that compromises my integrity and my character of who I am. Yet I have to understand, I have to have grace with myself that when, you know, what are my limits? What are my limits living with these two issues? that are very, they are very big issues. They are very big health issues that I face. And I have to know when to say when. The thing is, is other people will tell me, oh, well, we don't have to meet. We don't have to do this. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm at that place where I know where I'm at. And this is something that fuels me. I'm going to show up. If I absolutely physically, mentally, and emotionally can't show up and I won't be able to serve well, I will step out. I will bow out no problem. Yet I'm also someone who have, I've been living with this for so many years. I've learned my limits. And so what seems drastic to somebody else may not be as drastic to me because of all the things I can accomplish inside of feeling that way or going through what I'm going through. Part of it for me is I don't let it control my life. And I think that 
whether it's diagnosed, whether mm-hmm. it is physical, right? I work with people. I have mm-hmm. a teenager who went through something at school that created difficulty sleeping, which impacted concentration, which affected then physical things. We have to listen to our bodies, right? If, if, and I I said to the school, if she cannot get up at seven, whatever AM, she's not going to get up at seven, whatever AM. Yeah. And this was created in an academic situation. If we're dealing with loss and grief, it affects our sleep. It affects us physically. And so we do have to listen. If it means not sitting on Zoom and you stay in bed and you have a phone call instead of a Zoom appointment, there are ways to adjust, like whatever we need to do. And people struggle doing it. People right. saying, I'm going to take this time for myself. I'm going to push through. We live in this world that tells us to push through. And I work so hard with my clients to say, that's wrong. The world has it wrong. The world tells us to push through until we collapse. Yeah. And we have to tell the world, no, you have it wrong. I'm going to take care of me in order to be there for my family, faith, business, anyone else. I have to be here for me first. I have to show my kids, my business, my clients. And it's so bizarre that you had this. I am allergic to soy. Mm. And sweetly last night, I did a group on Father's Day because it's a difficult time, brought me um, something and it had soy in it. And I also had an allergic reaction. So this is the best I can be right now. Yeah. This morning is readjusted and you do what you can. And, and my clients appreciate that they, they need to see others do that in order to say, Oh, I can do that too. We're human. We are not robots. We are not beyond the, the ways of the world. Right. And I think so often people feel like they are being judged so harshly by others and they don't even know what others are saying about them. Okay. This is something I, I struggle with at times as well. <clears throat> I'm actually working on this with one of my coaches at the moment. Cause you know, we all need somebody. Um, we, we all tend to lead from fear. Fear of not being enough, not doing enough, not getting the accolades from other people. Where do we even get these measurements and these standards from? What's your foundation? What are you rooting your faith in? Your faith walk, your spirituality, whatever that is for you, right? Mine, I am rooted in my faith in Christ. That is me. That may not be you. Figure out what you root your faith in. It has to be bigger than yourself. It can't be you. It can't be another person. It has to be something beyond the confinements of this world that you root your faith in. And when you figure out where you root your faith, you figure out your core values, you figure out what your mission is, what your purpose is here. How how do you set yourself apart from other people? We are not supposed to conform to the ways of the world. 
We are not supposed to be like everybody else, yet people will condemn us for being different, for speaking our mind, for being overdramatic, for having a hard time with something that they don't think you should have a hard time with. I get really passionate and I like lean, you know, (laughs) but it's so important that we, and I, I've had such a hard time with this throughout my life to believe that I am valuable just as I am, regardless of what any other person says. I've been working on that for over 20 years and I'm still working on it. That self-discovery journey and that overcoming is a lifelong journey. And so often people will, you know, they're going to jump in and they're going to build a business. They're going to jump in and they're going to, you know, this is something I'm super passionate about and all these things. And then they can't figure out why they can't get it off the ground. Because what happened to me with this business, I started turning to people because I didn't understand the guidance I was, I was like, okay, yeah, you want me to do this? I'll do this. Sure, Lord, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. And then I started looking to people and they said, that doesn't make sense. You need to niche down more. You need to do all these things. And I'm like, but that doesn't align with me, but I did it anyway. And it derailed me for years, even though people I have reached out to, they'll look at all of my stuff and go, you You've done the same thing this whole time I've known you. And I said, yes, I just need the messaging to come across. And all these people are telling me all these things. And they're like, it makes sense. This is who you are. Just go with it. And I think I shouldn't have needed the external validation. But I needed the external validation to feel like I wasn't crazy. Right? Yet... It's crazy till it happens. It's only crazy till it happens. That's a famous phrase from Pastor Michael Todd out of Oklahoma. It is only crazy. People only think you're crazy until what you said happens. And now, years later, there's all these influencers and eight-figure entrepreneurs saying what I've been saying most of my life. Now it makes sense. I was like, oh, that's the lesson. It does make sense to who my people are. The people who are meant to work with me, it will make sense. They'll be like, yes, that's my issue. Yes, that's that. You are speaking my language. But- and it, it's so true. I mean, my mom, I can like people say, what's your first memory? Go back to childhood. And what are your yeah. first memories? My entire life, my mom has said she came out of the womb, marching to the beat of her own drum. Right? Like that is now the powerful compliment in the world but it was said like it depends on how you hear it yeah i was the black sheep i love being the black sheep now but it was said as i heard it like as a bad thing oh didn't go with the flow i have never gone with the flow and there are people who do not love that like you say right the first time i was working with a certain group. Like you said, I got up, stood on stage, did my thing and they gave feedback. And someone said, you should not be wearing that. Right. And there are people who will still say that. And there are people who love me for being me. And those are my people. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it's, it's challenging when we don't know where our value comes from. I'll, 
we are a blended family. So my husband had a daughter and I had two boys when we started dating and we were married very fast. We moved in right away. <laughs> it was a whole thing. <laughs> but when our daughter was a little over three months old, it was right after our wedding and I was sitting on the living room floor. My husband was sitting in the chair. The boys were playing um, my husband's daughter didn't live with us. She lived with her mom and, and my daughter was laying on a little blanket next to me. And I was like, they all love me. What is wrong with me? I'm miserable. I'm still at a point that I'm struggling in my mental wellness. I'm still at a point at this age, I was 26, five kids. <laughs> married and I was still battling suicidal ideation and thoughts and would sit on the floor in my bathroom just hold my knees as tight as I could to battle the desire to take my life because I believed my entire life that I was such a burden to every just my mere existence was a burden that I didn't believe I deserved to breathe the air or take up space on this earth. I battled that for years. I was actually diagnosed with clinical, massive clinical depression at the age of eight. How did that frame my belief about me? Well, they told me what, I was like, I don't know what that is. What does that mean? So they told me what it meant. Therefore, I took that on as who I was not something that I was struggling with at that point in time. So I took it on as my belief. There's so many things that we didn't even know about my mental state then that I learned very recently that now it all makes sense why I was the way I was, why I battled the way I did, why I struggled with so many things and felt like I couldn't get therapists to even help me. It was because the depression was a comorbid um, illness from something else. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the root cause. It was a symptom of the root cause. And as we are entrepreneurs looking to create something amazing for people and help them, we have to go within and we have to work on growing ourselves constantly. Because we can only help people to what our limitations are within ourselves. We can only grow our business to our own internal limitations. We can only help and support to our own limitations. You know, you hear people say, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's so scary. Oh, I would never do that. That's great. That's you and that's your issues or that's your belief or that's just your makeup. And that's not something you would ever do. Right. One of our sons is like an adrenaline junkie. And I have I've seen a picture of him literally hanging from a cliff 200 feet below him. Nothing. And he has no gear. He goes with no gear. He's I was like, gone with no gear. You had me until no gear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, you are insane. But that is my own. I would never do that. But I don't want to. 
I learned very late in life to not put my limitations on my children. Unfortunately, I had already put my limitations on my children because I didn't understand yet. And so if we want to build a thriving business, if we want to support others well, if we want to grow and, and become more, that inner work is an absolute must. The problem is people stay very surface. They don't want to disrupt a grain of sand. Okay, maybe I'll move a couple grains of sand and I'll give you the answers you're wanting. But if they want to dig, for my surface is five levels deep. Like I'm ready to dive in. Let's get to it. I'll tell you anything you want to know about me. I am an open book. I own my shit. No problem. I will take full responsibility for my part in everything. I can't take responsibility for your part. And in the only way I could become better for my family, for my clients, for my business, for my faith in the direction I'm growing was to choose to be very intentional about working on myself, no matter how painful it is. And right now I'm going through a very painful program with one of my coaches because I'm still learning how to love myself. I think that's a lifelong process. And you're talking about business. And I think anyone listening, parents with working on relationships with kids or spouses, mm. I think this applies to anything in life. Yeah. Not only business. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so anyone listening, even if you're not an <laughs> entrepreneur, um, to have a healthy relationship, you have to dig deep. You have to yeah. be, and, and if you have a partner, business partner or relationship partner that isn't doing the work, you have to be willing to do your own work, no matter how difficult it is. So everything you're saying, I'm listening, going, that applies to A, B, and C. Yeah. And I, and I think that's an important piece too, is you have to be willing to do the work even when they're not without, huh, without the resentment and bitterness, because you don't know their part. You don't know what they're feeling or what work they're doing internally either, or how hard that is for them or how, what they have to heal through or whatever. Like I have a hard time. My husband is a very internal person. I'm like, I just, can, can you just give me like five sentences instead of two words? But that's how he is. And so I have to learn to not try to control so hard. Come on. Like, I know I'm not the only one. There are so many of us out there who we just, we are the one who is extroverted in those moments, right? We are external processors. We are talk through it, hash it out, get to a solution and find a resolution, right? And we might be with someone who is very internal. They process through it quietly. They deal with everything and then they'll come back and act like everything's fine because they've worked on it. But the way they communicate is not the same as us. And so we get frustrated thinking they haven't done the work. We think and we put our limitations. Well, they didn't do it the way we do it. So they aren't doing it. And I feel like I'm really getting to someone's heart right now. Like, I feel like someone listening to this is going to be like, oh, that's me. Right. Because 
I'm that person. <laughs> I just told my husband the other day, I said, I'm so sorry. I just realized how you walk through this is different than me. And I was judging you because it looked different. And I am so sorry. I should have never done that. I don't want to be a judgmental person. I, it comes out sometimes. <laughs> um, but I, I don't want to be that way. And in order for me to give him room to be who he needs to be, I have to let go of trying to control what it looks like and accept him as he is and know that if I let go, he'll figure out a way to communicate with me. But when I'm being controlling and hands-on and all this stuff, there he can't say anything. Let's be honest. He's not going to be able to say anything that's not going to frustrate me. And that's not his fault. That's mine. But this is where we have to be aware, right? We have to be aware of how are we responding and what are our invisible expectations of others as a spouse, as a child, as a friend, as a client, as our peers. Like, what are our expectations? And if we don't know them, guess what? That's a blind spot for us. And we need someone to help us figure out what are the expectations we're having for others because it causes me so fr much frustration when they don't do dot, dot, dot. And I love that you just said that having that person, I have a couple that loves each other so deeply. They love each other so deeply and they want desperately to be able to have those conversations without a third person, right? Like that yeah. is the, that is the, the goal. Yeah. They, they can't. Right. Yeah. And so they ultimately finally agreed Sam needs to be there, right? We're trying, yeah. we're failing. We're trying, we're failing. We're setting each other up for failure. I'm coming into this conversation with so much anxiety. I'm coming in like dreading it with so much like, oh my God, I'm going to, what am I going to say wrong this time? So like acknowledging that having someone there to translate, to mediate, to bridge the gap isn't the end of the world. It is steps towards that goal. Yeah. And that's so mediation is so important. I've done that for clients and they're they'll they'll get into stuff with me and they're like, can we do like a couple session? And I'm like, sure, we can do a couple session. I'm I'm a person that is all about perspective. Right? You have to understand your perspective is based on your entire life and how you have perceived every single thing you've ever experienced. Even if you don't know, it's part of your perception, because maybe when something happened, you saw someone walking down the street who had a green shirt on. And now you just get so angry when your spouse wears green. Because, you know, all these little subliminal things that happen in our subconscious and you have to know when you need a therapist, when you need a mental health professional, when you need a coach, when you need all these different support people in your world, because here's the thing, your spouse may not be the support person for you. And we put a lot of pressure on our spouses, on our significant others, on our family members, on our friends to support us in everything. And kudos to them for realizing we can't support each other through this. We, we need, you know, we need Sam there. We need to have that third party because we're not able to support each other because of what we're going through, right? What if you have a belief around 
what a wife is supposed to be and what a husband is supposed to be. But you and your husband, you and your spouse don't communicate that to each other. So guess what? There's all these invisible expectations and nobody knows why they're mad at each other. They just can't stand the thing because maybe your belief around what a wife or a husband should be is not what you're seeing, but you don't know how to articulate it. Therefore, there's a constant, you know, constant battle going on. It's the same thing with people in business. When you have certain beliefs around failure, success, my fear was not fail, fear of failure. It was fear of success. That's it was a, a huge one. Terror of success. And I also want to point out that there are some couples where you might have a husband or wife or brother or sister that won't, that won't come to an appointment and you doing the work on your own, you never know what the outcome is. Yeah. Like there are people who I thought would never ever change perspectives on something. And the work I've done in my own life has had <laughs> ripple effects in ways that you just never expect. And so there's that too. And just your own perspective changing and, yeah. and things shifting. So, yeah. so even recognizing that you doing your own work, if nothing else changes and no one else does anything, things still change. And that's okay. That is such a hard concept. I have had such a hard time wrapping my mind around that. And what, one of the things for me that resembles that, that statement when it's not even the things that I'm doing are shifting, but when my intention shifts and my behavior, okay, I'm not going to be mad about this. I'm going to respect them where they are. I'm going to set those reactive feelings aside because those reactions are triggers from other things that are nothing to do with this situation. And... I want to enjoy this world and this life and this day and my, I, I, I have enough that I don't have control over. I have enough that is hard and difficult and I'm very intentional about how I want to spend my energy and my time and, yeah. and they don't get, they don't get uh, space or time in, in my world. And that, that is still something I'm struck. Like it's a big struggle for me because I'm like, I have all these feelings around things. And if you're doing, if I express to you that this is a trigger for me and I'm still working on it. So while it's a trigger for me, I need you to not like this or, or at least understand this is what's going to happen while I'm working through this. While I'm working through this, I'm still probably going to be reactive in these moments. But the best thing is I recognize that. I'm recognizing that that is a trigger, that is something I'm working through. And so I'm communicating that when this happens, can you please just hold space for me? Can you please just be patient with me? Try not to react. I know I'm not being the nicest person when this happens and I'm really working at it. You know, can, but I need that support because when that's triggered, we're not always in our wise mind that says, hey, stop doing this, you know calm down emotionally, calm that down. So I need someone who can support me in that. That's not always my husband, because maybe that situation doesn't even happen with him. It happens with somebody else. Right. And so knowing your awareness is the win. Huh? Your awareness is the win. Yeah. If, if you, if you're not aware of it, you cannot change it. 
If you're not aware of it, you don't know what to ask for support in. If you're not aware of it, you can't go, oh, I need to go speak with Samantha because, you know, I'm a hot mess today and I have no clue what to do. And this is, you know, I don't even know what's wrong with me. Well, this, the awareness is key. And I have chosen when I was sitting on that floor with my daughter and I said, I'm miserable. I said, God, I don't know what to do. And I just heard it's time to change. And it, it made me realize I am the common denominator <laughs> in the story. And if I am having issues in all of these areas, I have to make changes. Change is inevitable. It will always happen whether you choose it or it happens just because of other people's choices. I have to choose to show up the way I want to. Am I good at it all the time? Absolutely not. Do I still, you know, yell and scream and get upset and have all these emotions? Yes. I'm not saying to not feel. I am getting better at not ex expressing outwardly some of my feelings that I'm having. I'm getting better at capturing those and walking through that. But these are things I've been working on for 20 years. These are things I've been working on, you know, since I, God said it's time to change. I'm like, okay, what do I do? It's all on me now. I can take everything I learned in therapy, everything I learned in coaching, everything I learned in personal development. And I started finding there's this really little happy place that I love to live. And it's right where therapy, there's like this fine line. A lot of people stay out of self-discovery because there is a fine line of, are you on the side of therapy? Are you on the side of coaching? And you have to be very careful not to play with that line as a coach because there is a point where you it is therapeutic yep. and you have to be working with a mental health professional. And I love that some of my clients, I tell my clients, if we're going to get into the self-discovery piece, you have to have a mental health professional available to you. Yeah. And they're like, well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. There is apart ethically I can't step into and I love that you're honest about that there are people and I I I never want to discount anyone but I want to say to other people like do your research mm -hmm. it's very easy to write a resume it's very easy to print out a certificate I'm naive and I'm trusting mm -hmm. and in this day and age right like people can just print something out um, so it is important to know who you're working with, but my clients who are watching or listening know me. And I feel like it's important to say to you that, yes, it's important not to, you know, scream and yell and have an inappropriate outburst. But I think it's the world that says, again, put those feelings on a shelf. Like I would be inauthentic if I sat here, shook my head and politely listened to what you said. Anyone who works with me or knows me knows that the way I work is like, why can't you have your reactions? There are inappropriate reactions. You can't punch a wall. You can't punch, well, you know, you can't punch a person, but you right. can certainly like scream into a pillow. You Like there are appropriate right. react. Like I think, I think, the world tells us we overreact. The world tells us we can't feel. And especially as women, we're told um, to, to keep it together and 
certain things. And I don't believe that it's wrong to have your reactions and to feel the feelings. I think that getting them out in an appropriate way is the way that you work through it. In an appropriate way. Yes. Yes. I have been very inappropriate in my, (laughs) in a lot of ways. I think, I think for me, one of the things I want to create is a harmonic space. I want harmony and I, I, I understand there's tone. There's so many ways of communication. Words are such a small part of the communication. It's the body language. It's the tone. It's the movements, it's all of that. And I'm very in tune with people's energy. Sometimes that's a bad thing because you know before they do what they're feeling and then they get mad at you for telling them. And the other problem with that is I found is, well, what might be frustration, what they might be exerting as frustration to me looks like anger. And so that's not my place to say, oh, well, why are you mad about that? And they're like, whoa, wait a minute, I'm not mad. Well, then tell me what you are, but they don't know how to articulate their emotions because they never, maybe it was not something they ever learned or they ever worked on or really did it well, ever matter. Conversations, right? Like we, these are the conversations we need yeah. to be having in this world, right? Like if somebody is um, gritting their, t- I don't know what you're seeing, but we mm-hmm. do read other people's body language, those types of things. And that is what we need to say, yeah. you know, um, why are you pacing back and forth? Like what, what's happening? What, what's going on right now? What's I- happening is an important question. I yeah. tend to say, why are you dot, 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 and I label. So I've been working on that. That's a good, that's a very important thing. Why, why is this happening? Like what's happening right now? So I yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and this is a great, great, you know, this is one of the things I'm passionate about with why should police officers have a mental health professional as a liaison? Because my job is to read behavior and understand that what you're looking at as aggression could very well be fear or anxiety, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and what, and anxiety doesn't look the same. Anxiety is not shaking Different in the corner and crying. There are people with anxiety who present as angry. And, and so it's not, necessarily anger they could be absolutely terrified they could be laughing so absolutely that was a big one in our household our kids would laugh absolutely laughter Mm -hmm. is absolutely often nervous inappropriate reactions so yeah what's happening right now you know what's going on is often a simple way to say um i don't understand like i don't understand what's going on That's such a good question. I think it's so important to learn communication skills. And one of the things we don't do well is communicate with ourselves. We just don't. Well, and so so we started this by saying we had a react, like you had to listen to your body. You had to take some time off communicating with ourselves. That is where we start, right? Like what is my body telling me? Right. So my anxiety is a gift. Once I learn to understand it, my anxiety is telling me something isn't right right now. My anxiety is telling me I do not feel safe some somewhere right now, you know, and so I can remove myself from a situation before it escalates to a point that I have a panic attack when I learn to listen to it the right way. That is how we communicate with ourselves before it gets to a point that we react in a way that's inappropriate. Yeah. 
I think, I think one of the big things for me when it comes to communication, and I, I do talk about this a lot is we, you know, we think we're honest with ourselves, but I will tell you, one of the things I have learned over the years, not only working within myself, but working with my clients is, and, and I know Samantha can, will, will, will have something, I, I'm hopeful, something really good to share on this from her perspective with her expertise. We might think we're being honest with ourselves, but it's probably because we've lied to ourselves so much to make ourselves feel better that we now believe that is truth. And so guess what that also impacts? It impacts how we communicate with others. And so I, I use this phrase all the time. It's brutally honest and it just means to be very aware and say exactly what the truth is regardless of how you feel about it and i when i work with my clients one of the things i let them know is one of you in order to get the growth you're looking for you have to be willing to be brutally honest with yourself so that you can be brutally honest with me. If you aren't honest with yourself, if you're not willing to, to see what you don't want to see, you're not going to have the breakthroughs you need in order to create, in order to reduce your stress, in order to lessen the overwhelm. If you want to get, you want to gain clarity, clarity is not always a good thing. Like, I mean, it's a great thing. But to some people, they may not want to see what they see. Absolutely. And, and in order to grow and have the breakthroughs in your business, that's usually where my clients come to me for. They start with the business and I'm like, yeah, we'll get into it. I promise you. Because the business is the surface level, right? Oh, I have a money mindset issue. Oh, I'm struggling with gaining clients. Oh, I'm struggling with these things. I'm struggling with these things. And every single time it never fails. It is an internal limitation that they have taken on as their truth because of something they most often don't even remember or didn't even, wasn't even related to what had anything to do with them. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I had such a break. Like this is such a huge breakthrough for me. Now I can do this in my business. Oh, now I can move forward with this in my family. Oh, I wasn't even expecting this. Right. And it's because your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you will have in this world. And people will come at me and say, well, what about my faith? If you have an issue with what you believe a father is, and you're a Christian and you believe in God as your heavenly father, you're going to have issues with how you have that relationship. If you have issues with your spirituality and you have issues with seeing, you know, something bigger than yourself. Where is that coming from? It all stems from how you relate to things and people and experiences inside. And you started, you said something originally about the foundation, the house. Yeah. So often we are trying to fix the outside. We're decorating, yeah. we're making it look pretty. The aesthetics. And we have to, you know, if the inside is disastrous and the outside is beautiful, uh, we don't ever let anybody come over. Right. And so we have to work on the inside and figure out what's going on there. And that's the relationship we have with ourselves. That's, that's where we start. So even, you know, with my clients, they might come saying, I want to work on this. And 
inevitably we will end up with, um, you know, what, what do you, what do you want? What's next? And a lot of times people don't even know. We don't even ask ourselves that in life. Mm -mm. We're so busy going, going through this fast paced world that we're not even paying attention to who am I? Yes. What do I want? So I, or even I, what our core, like, what are my beliefs and why do I believe them? Are they really my beliefs or do I just believe them? Because that's what I, you hear this all the time, Samantha. I know you do. Well, it's always been that way. Oh, I was raised that way. Well, but you do know you get to choose whether you take on someone else's beliefs or not. And you don't have to, you have to choose what is in alignment with you. And that goes for any part of your life, your faith, your business, your money, your, your, where you live, what you do, how you show up in the world, all of it comes down to that. And I want to encourage people to have grace with themselves because this is a lifelong journey and you're not going to fix it all overnight. In fact, you might address one thing and it might take you months or years to work through. I have things that I'm, there's little things that I'm able to work through and overcome. There's big things that I've overcome along the way that don't have the triggers that they used to. And they're very traumatic things and situations that have happened in my life. Yet there's others that are so rooted, so deep that I'm still working through that and working on overcoming it. And it's been years. So it's not a linear process. It's not something you're like, oh, I'm only going to work on one thing. It's these are just the things that are coming up. This is where I need to focus and I need to honor that part and process those emotions. We don't know about, I didn't know anything about emotional regulation for most of my life. I learned it from my daughter. I learned about it from my daughter when she brought it up to me one day and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, help me out here. And it's, it's this thing of, we have to honor ourselves in all the things that we're doing. And like you said, like I thought that my autoimmune disorder and my traumatic brain injury were not a big deal. I dealt with them. I moved on. And one of the pieces was I've always been the main support person in my entire, in, in my family, but I positioned myself that way right? I thought I had to be dot, 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 dot because of what I saw growing up, not realizing that was the worst place for me to position myself because that is not where I thrive. It is a place that brings me a lot of anger and aggression and I face it that way. So when my kids say my mom was such a bee when I was growing up, yes, I was a very angry, aggressive mother, because being in that command space and being responsible and in control is not one of my strengths. And so when I'm forced into that position, which I forced myself into that position, it created a lot of stress and anger and frustration. And my kids feeling at times that they weren't loved, that they weren't wanted, that I didn't believe in them because I did what I thought I was supposed to do based on what I believed growing up. And then I didn't work through that broken piece of the puzzle until our youngest was in high school. So that tells you like 
you know, it's, it's, we, it's never too late. It's never too late to improve yourself, to work on yourself, to own your shit, to apologize for things, to have forgiveness for others, to work on that and improve who you are becoming and let other people choose whether or not they want to be a part of that. I absolutely love that. On that note, how do people find you and connect with you? They can find me pretty much on any social platform under Dina Adams or Dina S. Adams, either mostly Dina S. Adams, I think. Um, Dina at DinaAdams.com is my email and DinaAdams.com is my website. So it's pretty easy to find me anywhere um, and reach out, connect, DM, email, whatever that looks like for them. Thank you so much for being so open, for sharing your story. Any last thoughts? I appreciate you giving me space to be here. Um, I don't take that lightly. And last words, I would say, and I, and I think I said it earlier, is you can only grow as far as your own internal limitations. And so make sure you're giving yourself room to grow. I know we tend to focus on everybody else, but if you really want to help others, you have to help yourself first. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. This has been amazing. I will put everything in the comments and in the show notes. Uh, until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.